All right, time for our regular wellness segment on a Saturday morning. Now, anyone who's ever felt rejected by a parent or caregiver can likely identify the feelings of unworthiness, low self-esteem, even self-hate. Studies show that par- adults who report um, memories of parental rejection are more likely to experience struggles in their romantic relationships in adulthood. But what impact does this type of trauma have on our brains at a neurological level? Well, my next guest says a significant one and it can affect the very structure of our brains. Kerry Rudman is the founder of Brain Harmonics, a neurofeedback organisation specialising in retraining brains. We welcome Kerry back to Weekend Breakfast. Good to have you with us, Kerry. Morning. Hi, Sarah. So nice to talk to you again. Good to have you with us. First of all, what do we mean when we say parental rejection? So it's being emotionally or physically abandoned by a parent in some way. So it can be that the parents literally left them alone by going to hospital, but through a divorce, something like that. Or it can be that you're living in the house with that person, but you feel cut off. You're not feeling emotional love from that person. And you know that it's not there. You can see it maybe being given to someone else, but you feel that you're not getting it. Okay. Okay. And then let's unpack the term trauma in relation to this, because I know, you know we, we speak a lot about trauma on the show. Um, and I think these days there's a much um, more comprehensive understanding of what we're talking about when we say trauma. Um, and I think our... Um, our lack of understanding previously around what the term actually encapsulates has led to many people just saying, oh, well, I didn't suffer trauma. You know, I had a roof over my head and food on the table and therefore everything was fine. But we know that that's not really the case. So let's just unpack the the term trauma in relation to parental rejection. Sure. So I believe that we get nurturing from our mother which gives us a sense of worthiness in the world. And we get to be seen by our father, which gives us self-esteem and self-confidence and knowing that we can go out there and be something and do Say things Say that in the again. World. You've made two very interesting distinctions there. Say that again. You believe that you get what <laughs> so from... The our- nurturing that we receive from our mother gives us a, a sense of worthiness, to feel that we're worth something. And that, um, and then from our father, we need to be seen. So your father's the one who will say, go for it, you can do this. You know, they give you that self-confidence and self-esteem. So when we're not getting it um, from our father, we have a sense of not being good enough. And when we're not getting it from our mother, we have a feeling of not being worthy. Are there many other subdivisions of that? But it affects our self-esteem and self-confidence. So how we then form relationships with other people is based on that. And we will we repeat cycles. We start developing neural pathways around what we've experienced. And when we have something negative going on, we seem to repeat that over and over in every single person we meet. Yeah, absolutely. So it forms a vicious cycle which affects our functioning in the world. How might the effects of this trauma play out in in very obvious ways? And we'll talk about neurological ways in in, in just a second, but what might that look like in an adult who has experienced parental rejection as a child? Okay, so um, I'll just briefly say that what it'll do is throw your brain into freeze, which we can unpack a little bit later, but your brain pads frequencies in certain places, which is just a survival mechanism. And if you're in freeze, it means that often your boundaries are really bad. You don't want to say no to another person because your brain is scared that you'll lose another person. So you'll end up being that person where everybody takes advantage of you because you don't know how to say no. So in a work environment, you can land up taking on so much. Um, you're literally exhausted, but you just can't say no. So the same for a relationship. 
people will be mistreated, but they'll stay there because they don't know how to end that and lose another person, even if that other person is not good for them. Um, your brain just wants survival. It wants to make sure that you're safe in the world. So you keep attracting things that are going to show those boundaries to you so that eventually you could probably learn and overcome them. But while we're stuck in this cycle, we are not happy individuals because we keep creating the thing that we're trying to get away from. Sure. If you're just joining us this morning, we are talking to Carrie Rudman, uh, welcoming her back to the show. She's the founder of Brain Harmonics, which is a neurofeedback organisation specialising in retraining brains. And we're talking uh, about how parental rejection can change the essentially change the very structure of the brain, the impact um, of parental rejection in um, in adulthood. Kerry, you say that parental rejection can result in changes to the neural pathways and neurotransmitters in our brains and even in our brain structures. Just explain how, and really in layman's terms, please. Okay, sure. So your brain's only job in the world is survival, and you're, it's an incredibly clever organ. Any trauma that we go through, if we're not feeling loved, your brain will pad frequencies in certain places. So it will put basically pathways on the left temporal lobe, which will throw you into a thing called freeze, where you feel abandoned. You feel that um, people aren't there for you. You're not supported. Um, Your brain can lock into not letting go of certain patterns. So you can lock into emotions where something happens that's bad and you think about it over and over and the argument's finished or the trauma's disappeared, but you can't let it go. It just keeps repeating in your brain over and over again. So um, besides that, you you can change pathways for what we call depression markers where external things impact you very severely. You can develop anxiety, um, reversed internal happiness. So your brain will do all of these things to protect you, but it lands up being a pathway that's not always beneficial. Sure. How early on can this this damage be caused, Kerry? So literally from birth. Um, I have had clients who were adopted at birth. They were given to the birth ma- the adoptive parents as soon as that they entered the world. Yeah. And when we met them later on, we can see that at birth they developed freeze. Well, so you. I'm, like I'm going to. The caveat here is that you you did a brain map on me, didn't you? Um, gosh, when was yes. that? November. Yes. To like twenty a year, a year, a year, November a year ago, because I was heavily pregnant at the yes. time, um, yes. and and you had and the the thing that I remember you saying about me was there there are markers for for trauma here, and they started very early on, and and I was relinquished for adoption at at seven weeks old, and it just right. was incredible for me that you that you could pick that up. I think that while you are in your mother's stomach, you can hear her voice, you mm. know everything about her. So when you are born and you're with another person, you know that that person's not the same one that you bonded with for those nine months. Yeah. So immediately you already know that something's different. Yeah. Um, babies, as they're born, they know their mother's smell, they know their voice, they know everything about that person. And if it's different, you know that you've been relocated. There's something not right about it. So the rejection that we're talking about, it, it doesn't have to be 
prolonged rejection. It doesn't have to be, as you explained at the start of the show, yes, you grow up in a house and you feel that your parent, they're there, um, but you feel that they don't love you, an emotional thing. It could be a once-off thing, like a, a parent walking out, um, a, an abandonment, or in the case of adoption, of, of being relinquished. What about in a situation of, of, a, of a, the death of a parent? I mean, that's not, it's not rejection because they haven't done it on purpose, but it's still, it's still a, a severing of, of that bond absolutely it's almost the ultimate rejection yeah, because that person sure. will never come back again sure um sarah jane it's so hard because some people will cope with the trauma pretty well yeah and then the sibling who's in exactly the same house will take it so badly Isn't it interesting? and a lot of it's got to do with perception and a lot of it's got to do with how the people around you help you through that if right. people are okay with it and it seems like a relatively normal thing and you're able to discuss it and talk about it a lot of people will come through it better yeah. so it's normally about the support around that incident that happens that creates the issue okay. Okay. Um, and you're right it can be a single traumatic incident and it can be ongoing as well what evidence do you have to back this up with Kerry how, tell us how you know this Okay, so there's a doctor called Martin Teichman who has done studies on trauma specifically on the brain. And what he found is that the brain literally stops developing in size in children when they go through specific traumas. So if you are rejected or go through a death of a parent or something like that, your left temporal lobe literally stops growing at the point that that happened. And he's found that that part of the brain is smaller than the other side. And he also found very interestingly that the trauma is perceived differently in boys and girls. Hmm. Why? It's so interesting. Why would that be? So we don't know. Um, we have had traumas where somebody has been through a physical, uh, sexual abuse where it should have thrown their brain into fight or flight. And when I analyzed that person and did the brain map assessment, she interpreted it as abandonment. And when I discussed it with wow. her, she said it was because her parents didn't believe her and they weren't there for her. And she felt a disconnect from them from that incident. She couldn't ever feel loved by them again. Sure. So even though the experience was very traumatic and actual abuse, she yeah. saw it as abandonment. Yeah, Kerry, that is absolutely fascinating. So let's get to the, 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 the nub of it, really, which is can it be cured? Can it be reversed? So, no, it definitely can't be reversed or cured um, because that is part of who you are. It's happened. And we're not going to change the incident that happened. Right. But what we can do through neurofeedback is we can help new traumas. Um, so anything new that you go through, we can help you deal with it better instead of dealing it with it from that same place where you keep doing the same recurring patterns of I'm not good enough or I'm not going to cope with this or doing it through anxiety or depression. If we can get your brain to self-regulate, that means that the new stuff that happens will be so much easier to handle. It's a real buzzword, self-regulation. And and I had no idea really what it meant before I started doing trauma work. And and now I absolutely know what it means. And it's my life's mission to make sure my kids are able to self-regulate because I I get now how important it is. Talk about how brain harmonics can help people um, self-regulate and what it is that you do. Sure. So we, it's really, it's, I'm going to give you a simple explanation. Um, it's like teaching a dog how to sit. A dog already knows how to sit, but it doesn't know that it sits until you tell it that it's sitting and give it a reward. When we do brain training, we are teaching your brain how to calm down when they stress. And then we're rewarding it to show your brain this is what you do. Because we get stuck in all the stuff that we're doing. Every time we go through a new stress and a new trauma, we form new pathways around it to cope. So we basically teach your brain how to let that stuff go and come back 
to the central nervous system where it knows a co- more correct response into what's happening. Um, until your brain knows that, it will always do the new pathways, which are not always serving. So we just have to teach your brain to recognize what it's doing and then know how to enter that new state easier. How, how many sessions with you would somebody need to, to have that? Presumably you would do an initial session and that's where you can um, identify. Um, I mean, is it, some, is it like therapy that you would kind of go to every week? How long would this sort of thing take? So it can be anything from six hours to 26 hours. And it always depends on your assessment because we look at all the pathways and combinations of different imbalances you might have. So um, once we have that data, we can tell each person what it is that they're needing. Sometimes people don't really care about sleep or other things. They say, well, just make me de-stress or make me feel happier. So we can target a specific thing or we can look at what everything that's involved to balance all of it, like, almost balancing all four tires. The training that we do, we do in quite a short space of time. For an adult, we do it within 10 days. And we do it so quickly because we're forming new pathways in your brain. And we don't want to give your brain too much time to go back into feeling anxious or depressed or not sleeping. So we try and teach your brain in a quick space of time how to make the new pathways strong. Is it possible that in coming to see, just coming to see you just to, have to just to get brain mapped, if that's what one's going to call it, um, people might not, like I was suggesting at the beginning, some people wouldn't even know that the, the thing that's making them feel the way that they might feel is Absolutely. as a result of parent. Does that make sense? Is as a result yes. of that. It, 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 do you find that sometimes in your work you are putting in that f- missing puzzle piece for somebody? Absolutely. Right. So people often do just come from assessment because it gives you a better understanding of your function. Yeah. And to know that and that came from and go, oh, that's why I always get upset when this happens. It's, that knowledge is really powerful. Absolutely extraordinary. Kerry, how can people get in touch with you? Um, do you have a, a base in Cape Town yet? Are you here? We do. We have an office in the Strand in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, we're in Durban, Joburg, um, and now in New Zealand as well. Wow. Our webpage is um, www.brainharmonics.co.za, and we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, or Brain Harmonics. Wonderful stuff. Kerry, always a treat to have you on the show. Fascinating stuff. Thanks very much indeed. Kerry Rudman uh, is the founder of Brain Harmonics, a neurofeedback organisation which specialises in retraining brains. Uh, talking this morning about how parental rejection uh, can change the very structure of the brain. And uh, as she said, you can get more information uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, all of the platforms, Brain Harmonics.